going on, people? What's going on? Welcome again to the Proper Podcast. We are so glad you fucking joined us. We really are. Thank you so much. And uh, the numbers have been brilliant. So uh, thank you, everyone, coming to uh, have a little listen to Free Bellends talking a load of shit. We very much appreciate it. Now, this week, we've got a big one. We're going to be talking about a bit of Cordina Vasquez. Interesting fight. We're going to be talking about Eubank, Ben. Aye, aye, it's bubbling up. It's going to be announced soon. Maybe you're listening to this when um, it's already been announced. If so, what we're going to be saying will still be very relevant. So don't you fucking worry. Um, and we'll also be talking about a little bit of Harlem Eubank as well. So, yeah, just before we do get into it, I've got a little boxing story. Um, so, um I know people don't see my face, right? But um, when my hair gets long, um, it goes a bit curly, right? But now I've got a saucy old skin fade, right? But the reason I've got the skin fade is because of this. So I went to the subway the other day, right? And this geezer was making me sandwich. And it was just me in there. I was on my phone. He weren't talking to me. He was just making me sandwich. And then I heard him say something. And he went, blah, 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 wilder. And I thought, wilder? Anyway, so he's gone blah, 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 Wilder. So I've looked from my phone and I'm thinking, oh, I made a video on Deontay Wilder last week. Maybe he's like heard me, heard me video and he's heard me voice and he's put two and two together. And I went, sorry, mate, what'd you say, Deontay Wilder? He went, no, you look like Gene Wilder. What, <laughs> <laughs> from Stir Crazy? <laughs> Gene Fucking Wilder. Willy Wonka. <laughs> Genius, that's I see you cheeky cunt. <laughs> Yeah, mate, he was class back in the day. <laughs> I was hoping he'd say Ryan Reynolds, but there you go anyway. So, yes, um, just before as well we get on to Cordina Vasquez, I do want to bring up one thing. Fury and Garnu, the rumours are circulating that it did under 70,000 pay-per-view buys in the US, 56,000 on ESPN Plus and 11,500 on cable buys. So what do you think of that? It's poor. It's poor. Maybe Fury's just not as big, and maybe he's tried to pull the wool over everyone's eyes and everyone's eyes, and people are going, "Look, I'm not paying eighty dollars to watch the heavyweight champ slap this fella around. No chance am I doing that. I watch it on my Fire Stick, or I'll stream it another way." And I mean, if Fury's stock couldn't have gone down anymore, it's like he's plummeted, isn't it? Like fucking Bitcoin or something. He's just plummeted. Like. How big is he now, really? And do you know what I thought as well today? This this sort of popped into my head. It was like Fury's kind of held the mantle, wasn't he, of being the, the British, the great British hope, the people's champ, the one that everyone looks up to, and he's the man, the greatest of our generation. Now he's like the bottom of the pile almost, like like rubble at the bottom of everyone. And for me now, this is a prime chance for Anthony Joshua to step in and regain that spot at the top of the tree. I don't mean top of the tree in terms of being heavyweight champ, but the people's champ, the one people want to spend money for, you know, spend their hard, the one people, do that bit again, the one people want to spend their hard-earned cash for on the pay-per-views. You know, Anthony Joshua struggled against Jermaine Franklin recently, couldn't sell out the O2. I'm not sure, you know, if he did a pay-per-view now, you know, how how many buyers would it do? This is a prime chance for Anthony Joshua now to take a big fight. Take a big fight. Don't take another tick over. There's a window now. It's like a door has opened for him. Take a Zhang or take a, I don't know, who should he take? What's the name now to get elevate Anthony Joshua back above Tyson Fury in the eyes of the British people? Because in Britain, Tyson Fury's just plummeted. It's plummeted really, really low. So who does Anthony Joshua fight next? in order to step in and sort of take that mantle again, because he's fucking about a little bit as well in his fights, the Hellaniuses and the Jermaine Franklins. Has to be a big fight next for Anthony Joshua to, to overtake Fury again. What do you reckon, boys? Listen, you sound the door's open. The door is ajar. Anthony Joshua, boot that fucking door in and go running towards Nganu. I never thought I'd say it. Do it. Because if those pay-per-view buyers were that abysmal, for Fury v Ngannou. That means that the American market, they didn't buy into that Fury Ngannou fight. So Wilder fighting Ngannou, it's going to be the same thing. So the broadcasters, the promoters, they might get a bit twitchy in, in the US. So that opens the door for Anthony Joshua to fight Ngannou. Because over here, we're all going to do the triangle. People, oh, we're, I'm, I'm a hardcore boxing fan. I'm all over it. I'm going to buy into it. I want to see 
Anthony Joshua, go and fight Ngannou. If you can knock Ngannou out, yeah. there's nowhere for Tyson Fury to go. You have to fight Usyk, and then you have to fight Anthony Joshua to cement your career. And guess what? I'm, I'm afraid to say it. You ain't the same guy you was five, six fights ago. The legs are gone. The legs are gone. It was, it was either a one-off or the legs are gone. And to be fair, in the third Wilder fight, I, f- I don't think his legs are the same as what they used to be, Tyson Fury. So he's in a difficult situation now, whether or not he's going to cement his legacy. And as you say, if Anthony Joshua can knock Fury, uh, Ngannou out, even more pressure goes on Fury. But do you know what? Is Fury going to fight Usyk? Or is there some way that Fury, something to do with an injury, some bullshit story, the belt gets dropped and just goes straight into the Anthony Joshua fight? That wouldn't surprise me. What about you, Unk? What do you reckon? I think Joshua's had a raver, right? I think he's had an absolute raver with Fury struggling against Ngannou because Joshua was looking at fighting... um, Well, he was looking at fighting Wilder. Okay, that's taking a great big shit. That's not going to happen now. Um, but then if he didn't get wilder, it was looking like it was going to be Cabayel, a Wallin, um, Zhang, um, maybe Hergovic, but probably not. Um, but, you know, a well-schooled, experienced boxer. And Zhang is a very tough fight. Um, Wallin is a tough fight. I don't... Cabayel, like... I mean, we saw him against Chisora, but other than that. So anyway, he had a couple of tough fights there that he was going to have to take before possibly getting the winner of Fury Usyk or before possibly having to fight Deontay Wilder. So he was in a bit of shit streak, really, because if he lost that fight, he's fucked. Do you know what I mean? And they weren't gonna, it weren't going to be a very easy fight. Mm. So he's had a raver now because Ngannou's come on board. And don't get me wrong, Ngannou's good, but you can't tell me that Ngannou's better than, say, he has, doesn't have the experience of, like, Zhang, doesn't have the experience of Hergovic or Wallin. So... He was going to have to fight a very experienced, very well-scored boxer. Now, Ngannou's there, and he can fight Ngannou, who's not the well-scored, experienced boxer. He's good. He was great against Fury, but he just is not the experienced, well-scored boxer that these other people are. But he can fight Ngannou and gain the credibility for doing shit all, and a shitload of money, really. And he can get the brownie points for knocking out Ngannou that Fury didn't. So, yes, he's had a raver in Ngannou being there. It's almost like they've put the easiest option there for him with the most amount of money, mm. AJ. I think he's had an absolute raver. So, I think Eddie will be absolutely all over it now. He'll be on to the Saudis. Yeah. Phone. Fucking come on, boys, AJ. Double ready. Let's get involved. And I reckon that fight is going to be on. I reckon it's 99.9% going to happen. Unless Wilder gets there first. But with those pay-per-view numbers, that suggests to me that is stacked in favour of AJ and Matchroom. And look, don't get me wrong. If all of a sudden you said to me, in January, you got Wilder, Joshua, or Wild or Joshua and Ungano, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Wilder fight, 100 percent But in terms of the triangle to try and push the uh, the Fury fight, I'm 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 happy for the Ungano. I'm happy for Anthony Joshua's fight Ungano. Even though he's had his two, you know, relatively easy comeback fights, Franklin Hellenius, now it's, let's have a difficult fight. But do you know what? Have the Ngannou fight. If that puts more pressure on you getting the big fight against the Fury, I'm all about it. But after Ngannou, has to be Wilder, has to be Fury. All right, let me ask you this then, chaps. What does bigger numbers now if the fights were signed? Is it the undisputed between Fury and Usyk, which has taken a bit of a battering recently, that fight? Or does Joshua Ngannou in Africa do more more buyers? (laughs) What what does more buyers? Uh, It's got to be Joshua Ngannou, isn't it? Think. It's fucking sad, isn't it? But it's true. Do you know what? It's a really tough one to call because we expected there to be decent pay-per-view numbers in America for the Fury fight, but there was fuck all. So there's there's an element of Ngannou's draw power. Maybe in America is not what we thought it was. Um, so I don't know. I don't know, really. Overall, I'd say overall, if I had to guess over the world, I'd probably say that the AJ Ngannou would do more because it's... Because now that Ngannou has been brought to the casual field, the casuals obviously know AJ and the casuals will now know Ngannou and they'll be interested in that sort of firefight. But um, yeah, very tight one, that, I think. Very tight. John? 
at the end of the day that AJ and Ngannou fight won't have a world title on the line. Also, Anthony Joshua, his last two fights, he's not looked great. He's been a little bit tentative. Sort of hasn't had that um, aggressive style that everyone flocked to see in the earlier career. So who knows? Who knows? But um, the good thing for boxing is this happening? For the first time, it seems like Narangano's come in and all of a sudden put in a good performance against Fury. It's alive and kick- kicking. Even Wilder looks like he's going to probably come back and have a fight. So there's movement in this heavyweight division. And I think from January on, I think we're going to see some massive heavyweight fights. I really do. Right. Um, so, yes, um, we weren't going to talk about that for that long, but we did. So, fuck it. Anyway, so Cordina Vasquez. Saucy old fight, wasn't it? Not a bad little fight. That was a bit of a surprise myself. Kyle, what did you think of the fight? I thought it was interesting. I thought um, a lot of things sort of come out in the wash with that fight. Look, first things first. Look, Joe Cordina looked like a fucking skagged at the weigh-in, right? He looked like <laughs> he was on crystal meth. So I don't know what's going on there with his, with his weight, right? He's not a 130-pounder, ladies and gentlemen. He never was a 130-pounder. He started his career off, had his first fight at that weight, quickly went up to lightweight and campaigned most of his career there. And I think a lot of people forget that. Wins the Commonwealth title from Sean Mashadod at lightweight. Next fight, he takes the British title from Andy Townend at lightweight. Fights Gavin Gwynn at lightweight. Then he comes down. You know, I don't know, in terms of a career move, was it smart? I suppose in hindsight, it was a smart move because... You know, he's, he's now a bigger guy, bullying the 130 pounders. Then he gets that hand injury and, you know, uh, he, he takes two years out of the ring. So, look, when you look at him on the way in there, like we did on Saturday night, didn't look healthy at all. So I don't know what that does for this potential Lee Wood fight. I don't know what it does for Joe Cordina moving forward. I mean, look, in terms of the fight, offensively, he's one of my favourite fighters. You know, there's nothing to not like about Joe Cordina. He's a brilliant shot picker. Smooth and fluid, great to watch, but but defensively, I feel like when the opponent breaks the distance and starts, you know, sitting on his chest a bit, he comes a bit unstuck. I don't think he's that great in the pocket. You know, like Rakimov stuck it on him and he was getting caught with silly shots. This, you know, Vasquez stuck it on him, getting caught with silly shots. And if you look at someone like Shakur or Devin Haney, they don't they don't do that. They just grab and hold. Break, you know, the referee breaks, they go to long range or mid mid to long range. The fight starts again. They win the fight on a jab from distance. Now, don't get me wrong. I like the fact that Joe Cordina don't hold and grab because I don't want that because the other two fuckers bore me to tears. I can't watch Shakur and Devin Haney when they're doing that. It's boring. So give me Joe Cordina any day of the week. But in terms of moving forward, it's really, really difficult to know what to do with him because I don't think he can do that weight anymore. And if he goes up to lightweight, that takes the Lee Wood fight away. And he said openly he wants to fight for as much money as possible. So where's the money at lightweight? There isn't really any money for him up there right now. And there's difficult fights that he could potentially lose. So it's hard to know what to do with Joe Cordina next. I've been like racking my brain over it. John? Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? Like we was all over Joe Cordina last week and then he has one bit of an iffy performance against Vasquez. And now all of a sudden we're thinking, oh, what way is he going to go now? Uh, yeah, the performance against Vas- Vasquez... Did he just take his eye off the ball? Did he just think he was going to win this fight? Is, is it a weight thing? He did look like he gassed the back end of the fight. At the same time, everything you just said there, it seemed like when Vasquez was closing the distance, he was crouching down, wasn't he, Vasquez? But I did say it in the preview, he's a crafty fight, fighter. He throws like looping punches round the side, over the top. He level changes like really well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's as if he didn't do his homework on him or did he gas and he just didn't have an answer for him later in the fight. That fight was well close. I, I, I gave it one round to Cordina. Um, wouldn't have argued with that being a draw whatsoever. But where does he go? The Lee Wood fight's there, but then Lee Wood's going to have to come up. And then if he stays at the weight, Cordina, as you say, he looked like he was a crack at it on the uh, scale. So does he move up? But then if he moves up, there's killers in that division. So if you move up, you're going to fight Devin Haney. Haney's obviously going to fight pro-grade. That's on the zone. So then there's a little ace up the sleeve for Eddie Hearn. He can offer Cordina to one of those two fighters if they fancy it, judging by that last fight, the winner of Haney pro-grade. Josh Taylor, he's flying, flirting about. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know who's a great fight for Cordina, I was thinking? Cambosis. So I'm thinking he's at lightweight. Obviously, he was the undisputed 
perfect, perfect style to suit Cordina, just going to come forward. Um, and then obviously you've got the uh, Australia connection with the zone, Eddie Hearn. And then if you could beat Cambosis in a better form, maybe than Haney did, that could push one of those fights. So that could be a good fight. If they're looking for a money fight, is there a lot of money maybe in that fight? Nah, I don't um, think so, mate. Or do, they do, think so. or do they do a catch weight with Lee Wood? Or does Lee Wood, you know, does Lee Wood go up to uh, super featherweight and maybe a couple of pans over just to get that fight done and just earn as much money as you can? But then why is Lee Wood going to do that? Lee Wood's already like giving stuff away by coming up. He's coming I mean? up to try and win the belt, though, John. Uh, you know, he's got the IBF belt, Joe Cordinas. He can become a two weight world champion. Lee Wood does numbers. I think Lee Wood's going to obviously it looks well. It's looking likely he's going to have the rematch with Josh Warrington next. Obviously, pack out the city ground. Look, if I'm if I'm Joe Cordina, I don't take any of them Devin Haney Shakur fights. I don't know if he can beat any of those guys. I'd like to think he can, but if I'm being realistic, those guys are just spoilers. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't like those fights for him. If I'm him, I'm trying to stay at 130 pounds and and tempt Lee Wood up there. That's what I'm trying to do. But it's tough, isn't it? It's tough to know what to do with him. Unc, what do you reckon? I thought um, Cordina just about done enough to be honest. Um, Vasquez, he he was really good, Vasquez. He's just one of them fighters, any that they never impress the judges. Them sort of fighters with enough eye-catching stuff um, when they're fighting high-level opponents. So he never looked like he was going to really hurt Cordina to me. Um, very aggressive, very hard to knock out, um, but yeah, just never got quite enough in his punches. Um, and I thought Cordina had some brilliant moments. Um, yeah, he did look quite tired at the end of the fight, and he definitely looked um, he definitely looked like yeah, as you said, a fucking crackhead at the weigh-in. Um, but yeah, it was a very tough fight to call. However, I just thought Cordina edged it um, through his. He had very good ac- accuracy as he always does. Second half of the fight, I thought he was a bit better. He found his range a bit better. Um, first half, he was letting Vasquez come in too far and too close to him, too far inside. Um, so yeah, I just thought he edged it, Joe. I thought we'd done enough. Um, I am wondering though, I am wondering if I and maybe a few other people got carried away with his power after the Agawa fight. Yes. Because I'm not seeing it now. I'm not seeing it. Yeah. I, I didn't see it in the Rakimov fight. Didn't see it in that fight last night. I don't know if it's because he's Agawa was not the person that we thought he was or if he's moved up a level and it's just not there. Or if it's the weight, I don't know. But um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite seeing it, and I'm just wondering if it's there. And and it really worries me if he, when he goes up to lightweight, if that power is going to be there. Um, as you say, these some of these people in the lightweight category are killers, man. And like, I'm not sure if he's got enough to beat them. However, I will say I want to see him against Lee Wood. I think he really deserves a Lee Wood payday, and I think he destroys Lee Wood. I really Ooh. do. Do you know what? It's hard to argue against that. But seeing him like that, like fade away in the back end of the fight, seeing him struggle to make the weight, I'm not so sure. It's hard to argue against it because you see how talented Joe Cordina is. But if Lee Wood, I mean, if, if Lee Wood's power carries up to the weight above, he's not going to have to drop any weight. Lee Wood was already struggling at featherweight. It's massively struggling. Yeah, if he sticks one right on his whiskers then um, he could knock out Joe Cordino. He really could. I'll tell you what, though, he impressed me. Sorry, Kai. I was just going to say, he did impress me how tough he's been for the Rakimov fight and for that fight on uh, Saturday. Uh, he can definitely hold a shot. And another fight, um, another fight that is potential, potentially there for him, I don't know how much money's in it, is the unification with Oshaki Foster. We saw him in that barn barnstormer, absolute barnstormer the week before. So that was a little bit clever from... Eddie Hearn as well, if he's done that deliberately to stick that fight on first and then Joe Cordina on the following week with a view of maybe getting them both in as, for a unification fight. But I just don't know how much money's in that fight for Joe Cordina. If he really wants the big paydays, Oshaki Foster is not going to be the big payday. And I'm not too sure if Joe Cordina is that fussed about winning any more belts. I think he just wants the big paydays and the big crowds. And that certainly isn't going to be one. And, you know, yeah. Right then, so we'll finish that one off with Johnny B. Who does Cordina fight next? Go. I think Cordina fights Lee Wood. I think like the wind is up both of their sails, like the winning records. I think the wind is up both of their sails. 
something from over there, man. Um, oh, for fuck's sake. I think Cordina fights Lee Wood. If he can make the weight safely, uh, Lee Wood goes up. I think they get that fight on. Um, yeah, or, 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 go up, or go up to lightweight and then um, just see. Is there any... I mean, I just don't know if they can push him up at lightweight because I don't think he does massive numbers, Cordina. So he sort of needs that belt. So I think it makes sense, uh, Lee Wood v Cordina. And um, to be honest with you, I'm going for Lee Wood. That's my early prediction on that fight. Ooh. Judging by his last fight, Cordina, I think he could carry the power of Wood going up. You've got to remember, you're saying that... Um, he looks like he's on crystal meth when he's on the scales, Cordina. Fucking Lee Wood, mate. They both of them look like they're a Dan Skid Row. So he's going to be fuller in himself, Lee Wood, going into the fight as super featherweight. So I'd give him the advantage. Got it. I mean, yeah, listen, I'd love to see the Lee Wood fight because there's a spectacle. Stylistically, that's, that can only be a war. Lee Wood don't really take a step back. Joe Cordina's the same. Neither of them really like to hold. I do. I mean, look, in terms of the big money fights for Joe Cordina. I don't think that will happen next because I think Lee Wood is probably going to rematch Josh Warrington next at the city ground. So then for Cordina, I think there's one fight to take. It's a bit of a legacy fight. I don't know how much money will be in it. It's the fight I said a minute ago. It's the Oshaki Foster unification. I'd leave Emmanuel Navarrete well alone at the moment because he's only just come up from 126 pounds. He's super powerful, can turn your lights out. I don't like that fight for Cordina. I don't think financially it's that great. So for me, it's Oshaki Foster who looked vulnerable at times in his last fight. And I think, you know, he could go into a negotiations for another big fight after that with two belts wrapped around him. So I think Oshaki Foster is probably going to be the next fight for Cordina. Yep, I would echo that. Um, the Navarati fight, um, he could certainly turn his lights out. And you're right, it is in a big payday. So for me, it's... Navretti third, and then it's Oshaki Foster second. But I want to fight, I want to see him fight Lee Wood, obviously because it's a domestic fight, but also because I think he deserves a Lee Wood payday, Cordina. He's done his time. Um, don't know if he's earned great money in the sport, but he will do should he fight Lee Wood. So uh, Lee Wood for me. Okay, then, moving on. Chris Eubank Jr., and Connor Ben. I want to get your thoughts, boys, firstly, on the Connor Ben situation now. So, I like an IFL TV video, I like a boxing social video. And when I watch them and Connor Ben's name pops up, I click on the video and YouTube these days shows you the very first comment. The first video I clicked on was IFL TV, Connor Ben, and the first comment was absolute utter bellend. <laughs> I clicked on the boxing social video and it said, go and eat some eggs and fuck off. <laughs> now, those are not my words, by the way, but it's clear from that that the public are not really coming around to Conor Ben these days. So, Kyle, first of all, what are your thoughts on Conor Ben these days and the situation he's in? All right, look, this is what I think, right? I think we all need to start moving on now. Do, we, do I think he's a cheat? Do I think he's cheated? Maybe, probably. Do I think there's been cheats in the sport of boxing since the fucking 1950s, 100%, all them heavyweights were at it in the, you know, the golden era. Everyone's been at it. For some reason, though, he can't shake it. Maybe it's the eggs thing. Maybe it's because of ridiculous uh, reason he's give, given for taking, you know, for, for these drugs being found in his system. Tyson Fury managed to pop for drugs. Dillian White's done it twice now. And they don't. I don't think they get as much hate. Kid Galahad, even. But Kyra, they serve their bands, Kyra. Yeah, I know, but no one... Look, you just want to see the fight. <laughs> We're not... No, that, that is what yeah, I do want to see the fight, and I want to be entertained. And what you say... Don't care what you say about Conor Ben. He is box office, in and out the ring, right? What? Yes, they have served their bands, but they've always protested, protested their innocence, all of these fighters, right? Tyson Fury excluded in that. He's never said a word about it and seems to have just fucking got on with his, got on with his career. No one said boo to a goose. But everyone else said, I ain't done it, I ain't done it, I ain't done it. Conor Ben saying I ain't done it. It's the same sort of thing, really. I think the only difference is, is he's not been served a ban. But, you know, in terms of him being, in terms of, of him being popped for drugs. No, there's a big difference. He's been popped like everyone big... else. No, I'm going to come, look, I'm going to come to my point. Kid Galahad, Kid Galahad served his ban. Come back, won a world title, no one cares. So really, I think everyone's gripe is 
is that he hasn't been issued a ban, right? And even if he does get issued a ban now, it's going to be backdated, right? For a year, some sort of suspended sentence. I know it's not right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not condoning any of this, but I'm sick and tired of talking about it. I just want to watch boxing, man. Like, I'm not, you know, he's not my fucking mate. Everyone's on, Canelo's on drugs for, for the old uh, Clembuterol. They've all, they've all gets popped for it. Everyone's getting popped for it. Didn't Alicia Bongarda just got popped for it? So it's, it's like, what do we do? Just not watch boxing anymore. Like, I'm just tired of talking about it. Just sick and tired of talking about it. And I think we should just all move on. All right, let me speak. In my opinion. So look, he failed two drugs tests, right? Now, after failing the do, like, without going through all, the whole shit show that happened right over the last year, he failed two drugs tests. So he was provisionally suspended, right? You know, whatever, the UK anti-doping. Uh, and then obviously the British Boxing Board of Control, he gave up his license. But then all of a sudden, he comes back with his big lawyers and he's now cleared to fight. How? Now, as fans of the sport, don't we deserve a reason? What was the technicality that you got off with the National Anti-Doping Agency? Like, why are you cleared to fight? Because the British Boxer Border Control, they're appealing it. So why are they appealing it? What, like, why? What's the, what would be the reason they're appealing this judgment? So all I'm saying is that I think the reason why those comments are toxic, going back to what you said at the beginning, uh, proper, is that because people feel unjust. They, they're looking at it thinking, you blatantly cheated. Like, what is the reason that you've got off? What is the technicality? Because the rumour has it, it's on jurisdiction. So they've found the technicality and they've got Conor Ben off with that. Now, if Conor Ben and Eddie Hearn and, you know, the whole team around Conor Ben are saying that it was the consumption of eggs, it, the amount of clomiphene in his blood is due to the consumption of eggs. It couldn't have been injected, Right. So that's great. If that's the evidence, why don't you just show that evidence yeah, to the no fans? Why don't you show that? No one wait, does. Let me finish my point. Show that evidence to the fans. So everyone can see it and go, all right, then they can make their mind up whether they want to believe it or not. All these other guys that you're talking about, Kaya, right? There's all a reason. Wild boar, whatever, castrated yeah, but you never meat. see the evidence, John. But there's a reason. Yeah, but they, they've given you the reason. We've not got a reason of why. That's the difference. That's the, that's the canary in all the right, so, All right, so then, all right, hypothetical, he gives you a reason. He gets banned. Done. Right? Do you, do you think the toxic comments stop Won't there? be as much. I don't think they do. It won't be do. as much. No, I think it's worse because it's him. I think it's worse because it's him. You're wrong. He'll gain a certain amount of credibility. Because he'll still deny it, though, Yeah, I know, but there's a reason he'll there. Still you can deny all hang it. your hat on the fact that you go, oh, it's the wild boar meat. Oh, it's the castrated, the Mexican beef or whatever. Whatever it is, or it's yeah, the it's eggs. eggs now. Yeah, but it ain't eggs We're now. Real. It ain't eggs. It is eggs. That's what he's saying. It's not eggs. Because so if it's st- eggs, then say it was so eggs. So it's the only sticking point now is the fact that the British Border Boxing, British Boxing Border Control haven't slapped the ban on him. That's the only sticking point. Is that what we're saying? No. So what are we saying? They've not given a reason why you're clear to fight. Why have the UK national... He's, anti- he's already given a reason. He's he not, said it's eggs. It's not. That's, that's, that's what he's that's saying. That's what I'm saying. It's all sound bites out there. He's not saying that. It's jurisdiction. They're not saying anything. Because whenever they're asked, and all of the you know the people that are interviewing, Eddie and all that, they're not asking these questions. If, and if you I do- saw an interview with Conor Ben and Sonny Edwards where they were talking about consumption of eggs. Right, I don't know who done the interview. It might have been Uma. It was on IFL. And he's, and, he, and he alluded to the fact that, you know, it's food. How can it be strict liability if it's yeah, in but food? But where's the receipt? You right? can't just say but stuff. But that's what he's saying. But listen, John, I'm just repeating. I'm, don't shoot the fucking messenger, son. I'm just repeating what he said. So what I'm saying is he's actually saying it's eggs. All this he's not saying it's eggs. It, it, he is saying it's eggs. I've heard it in many interviews. It means shit. It means nothing. Listen, what I'm trying to say is this. I'm not condoning any of it. Yes, he might have cheated. He probably did cheat. But... A lot of them have done it. And what we're going to do, just stop watching boxing. Like, do you know what I mean? I just want to get over it now. It's boring. I want to see the fucking fight. If he's been pot, if he failed two drugs tests, right? And then he says, oh, it was down to consumption of eggs. And they slap a two year ban on him and he serves the ban and he comes back. There's always that little bit of doubt, just like there is with Canelo, just like there is with Tyson Fury. There's always going to be a bit of doubt. So, well, you never know. It could have been wild boring me, but there's no bit of doubt now because the press release from Matchroom is just, he's cleared to fight. And whenever they've been asked, like, why? Can't talk about it. It's legal reasons. But don't you think this 
um, this Conor Ben, this whole force, this like, um, commodity, you don't think they want to go, well, look, it was because of this. And then just detail the evidence. This is why. It was because it was consumption of eggs. But they've not given that out. There's a load of little sound bites that have gone out, but there's nothing actually gone out to say what it was. That's the reason. That's why there's so much toxic comments. Yeah, go on, go on, Unc. I'll try and kind of give you the... Um where it's been and where it is now, Kaya. So, yes, at first of all, it was eggs. He was saying, look, I've eaten too many eggs. I think it's this. He'd done that interview with the son. He said, I think it's eggs. I think I eat too many eggs. I'm eating like 30 a day. Everyone said bollocks. But he said, no, I'm honestly, bruv, I'm eating 30 a day. I don't know how you eat 30 a day. Then it was 30 a week, whatever, right? But he said, I think it's that, right? So on top of that, he also thought there could have been a um, contamination in the lab. Then he got the, um, um, I don't know the doctor's names, but he got two doctors on TalkSport to say that his body breaks down clomiphene differently to other people or differently to other athletes. Um, Okay, whatever. That didn't go very far. But then he's got lawyers on the fact that UCAD don't have the jurisdiction to put a ban on him when a VADA sample comes back as positive. So basically, he's saying that UCAD haven't got the power to do that. But they changed that, though. They haven't changed it. What do you mean that they, they changed they, it? They, 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 they never used to recognise VADA, but they've changed it now. They recognise VADA. UCAD do. Either way, you are right. The predominantly, ultimately, it looks like he's going on the eggs business. All right, which, but you, like, I know, I know it's gone too far, right? And I understand what you're saying, Kai. And it's like, I can't, like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick to death of it. But. In my opinion, that's not the attitude to take because if you just if you let him get away with that, then everyone else can get away with it. You just had Hellenius, right, after the Anthony Joshua fight. He failed a test for clomiphene. So what's he going to say? He's going to say, well, fuck, you know, you won't believe it. I've eaten 50 fucking eggs this week. I didn't tell you, did I? So he could claim the same defence. And right? you know what I'd say, uncle? I'd say prove it. Just prove and it. And John, let me just say, right, there is another fighter, right, and I was going to do a video on this. I haven't done the video on it for a specific reason. And this is the reason. I'm not going to name his name, right? But the reason I haven't done a video on him, he's a European fighter. I'm not going to say the year that he popped or nothing because I don't want to give it away. But but it is in the news anyway. This fighter failed a UCAD test for clomiphene, right? And he said he failed because he had erection problems, right? So... I was going to do a video on it, but I thought, I can't really do a video on that. It's not fair to him. Do you know what I mean? It's not... Be hard videos. Yeah, well, (laughs) yeah. It's not his fault he's playing snooker with a rope. Do you know what I mean? But listen, the point is he's he's had that UCAD test fail for clomiphene. And from there, he got a four-year ban. He got a four-year ban. So how can you give that guy a four-year ban and Connor fail two tests for clomiphene and give him nothing. You can't just go, oh, that's okay. And you can't just go, oh, the jurisdiction element of it. it it's, it's not fair. You, you've got to keep the same energy. Do you know what I mean? But yes, I agree. It's, it's gone on too long. It's all gone all on too I'm long. saying is this, is that you failed two drug tests. Why is that? Oh, it's because of eggs. Prove it. That's it. That's what I'm saying. Oh, it's because of eggs. Well, prove it. There's no good going on the interviews like with Sonny Edwards. Oh, it's because of eggs. Okay, we believe you, mate. Prove it. That's it. Just prove it. Well, let me stop you both there. Let me stop you both there. Did he not get clipped? Did he not give the evidence of clomiphene to um, the WBC, which doesn't really count for much because Maurizio Suleiman don't give a fuck whether it's eggs or whatever. He just wants to take his 3% of a fight. But didn't he already give uh, documentation to the WBC to have him put back in the rankings back then, right? When it, when he first when he first popped. And has he not already shared those documents with the British Boxing Board of Control? recently he didn't even say in that document it was down to eating eggs it was the wbc who said to conor ben oh it must be because you've had too too many eggs wanting to get him off of it he didn't even say that and before the eggs even come about he'd done an interview with a gq uh, magazine and enlisted his diet there weren't even a mention of eggs <laughs> but when he listed his diet in the gq magazine yeah he had a fucking youtube video he had a he's got a youtube channel he had a fucking youtube channel out there um, and one of his videos, he said, like, he, he went through all his diet and there was not a fucking egg in sight. I know. Listen, boys, look, look, I just want to get this out there. I'm not condoning any of his behaviour. I don't want the listeners to think that I support drug cheats in boxing. I don't. I think they should all be fucking thrown out. But what I'm saying is we can never prove it. He, There's no strict liability because it's come from food. That's what he's saying, right? He's never going to hold his hands up to it. 
I think the only athlete I remember in the fucking history of time that held his hands up to taking drugs was sprinter Dwayne Chambers. And he got fucking basically hung by the nearest tree, metaphorically, right? No one ever forgave him for it. He didn't get any kudos for going, oh, yeah, actually, I made a mistake, right? Um, That's it. Can you all forgive me now? Now, fuck off at the sport. So no boxer will ever, ever hold their hands up to taking drugs. No one's ever going to prove that he's taken drugs because they're saying it's eggs. There's no strict liability because it's come from food. So what I'm saying is, is whatever the situation is, this fucker's going to get back in the ring and, and fight Chris Eubank Jr., right? It's going to be a fucking monstrous event. It's going to be an absolute war. And everyone's sitting here listening to it, and you two especially, we're all going to sit and watch it and pay for it. Yeah, that's fucking what, That's right. what's going to happen. So my view is, my view is, I'm just sick of talking about it. You know, whether he's a drug cheat or not, it doesn't matter anymore because we can't fucking prove it. Yeah. Can we? I do, I so do let's agree. just all move on. The British Boxing got, do you know what? I'll tell you this as well. I'll tell you this as well. The British Boxing Board of Control will sanction this fight in the UK. This will happen in the UK. It will. There'll be enough money on the table for them. Them fuckers as well. Didn't they just sanction a fight in Saudi Arabia? A British fucking heavyweight title fight. So, you know, don't act like they're all fucking squeaky clean either. Right? Everyone's dirty in this fucking sport. We're going to watch the fight. We're going to enjoy it. All this going on about fucking eggs and, oh, he should have done this and the integrity. When has this so, sport okay, ever been Can I say something? Right, so Dillian White, I, I don't know why he's he failed his drug test. I don't, I'm not sure that's come to light exactly why, but he's obviously gone missing. He's in that dark room. So say when Dillian White comes out of that dark room, if he says to you, Kaya, oh, it's because I was eating too much salmon. I love a bit of salmon. And whatever was in that uh, failed drugs is something to do with the fucking salmon in, in the ocean or whatever. Um, I'm just going to go and fight now. You're going to go, yeah, go on, crack on, mate. Don't need no proof. I'm yet. saying this has gone on for fucking ever. All we've done is speak about it. We've done a million videos about it where we've hung... Kind of been out there to dry all of us. I've done, I'm more, no more than me. I've slated that geezer from fucking here to Timbuk fucking too. And what good has come of it? It's just you're shouting in a dark room. No one's hearing it. He don't give a fuck. He's going to take his money. He's going to fight Chris Eubank Jr. regardless. So I'm of the opinion, I've lived my life like this. If you can't control it, why worry about it? You can't control it. It's going to be on your TV screen. You're all going to watch mm. it. That's the bottom line. Sorry, but it's the bottom line. And you know, I don't want drug cheats in a sport. I'll say it a million times. I don't want drug cheats in a sport. But it happens and you'll never prove it. You never will prove it unless you're Jarrell Miller. And even Jarrell Miller has come back, bashed the fuck out of Lucas Brown. And everyone seems to think that, you know, he could be in line to face a Dillian White or a Derek Chisora next. Why? Because he served his ban. He got done for EPO. If this is about serving your ban, and that's all this is about, so we can draw a line under it and all the toxic comments can stop. It's bullshit. Jarrell Miller's the biggest drug cheat I've seen in the last fucking 20 years. He's injecting shit into his arm, and now he's back in the ring. But Kaya, you've got to say, though, the, the, the last thing I'll say on it, you've got to say that you're talking about Jarrell Miller, you're talking about Fury Pops, you're talking about Canelo, you're talking about whoever else, Amir Khan, he's banned. They all have served bans. This is probably the first time, I don't know any other cases myself, maybe enlighten me if there are, but this is the first time where somebody's done something wrong, failed a drug test, and managed to not get any ban whatsoever. I know he had a year out the ring or just about a year, but they've all got bans. Even Canelo, Canelo got six months. Um, they've all got bans. Conor Ben's the only one, so that doesn't really make it right. However, I totally agree. I'm fucking sick to death of it and bored, and I do enjoy seeing Conor Ben fight, so in a way, I don't give a fuck, and I totally agree with you on that point. Kaya, bosh. We've said all of this, right? Everyone's listening, heard everyone's views on this. So if tomorrow there's a press release and the British Boxing Board of Control say, right, we have banned Conor Ben for the use of clomiphene from this country. We're not giving him a licence. But I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to backdate the ban for a year and the rest he's going to serve as a suspended sentence. If he gets caught again, then we're going to ban him for four years. Does that does that get like take all this away? Does it wash it all away if that happens? You, John, first. No, no. Let me say what I'm trying to say is that... <laughs> so there you go. He's still a fuck. He's still going to be all toxic, isn't it? I just, what I'm trying only... to say. 
That's what I'm trying to say. Well, I'm saying it. We're looking at the videos. We're looking at the potential Ben V. Eubank, and we're looking at the comment section, and it is unbelievable. I think his comment section's worse than Tyson Fury's. Yeah, it is really fucking toxic. Mm, He's only a is. young man. He's obviously getting advised by whatever Charlie Sims, Tony Sims, Eddie Hearn, and is is this the right play? I don't. Maybe you know he's made stern stuff and he can deal with that. But all I'm saying is that not only is he not faced a suspension, I can't get my head around how you can fail two drugs tests and you don't even have to prove why you failed those drug tests. You just say, I'm cleared to fight. And then when people say to Edwin, but why mm. legally can't talk about it? That's what I can't get my head around. Because when it's I'm sitting up. here, wait, when I'm sitting here paying good money to watch Conor Ben get in the ring and flatten people, knock people out, knock people unconscious, yeah, I've got to have a bit of a conscience as thinks to himself, well, is this geezer on it? Is he not on it? No, you're right, John. I can't, I can't argue with to, it. I just want him to show proof. That's all I want him to show is proof. I can't argue with anything you said there. What you said there is 100% right. What I'm saying is it's fucking gone on too long now, right? We're all powerless. No, no one's going to know any different. Yeah, but wouldn't the pressure... If You say it's gone on too long, but where does the pressure come from to make Conor Ben and Eddie Hearn reveal the evidence? It shouldn't there be pr- enough pressure from the journalists and anyone like Talk though. Sport, big broadcaster, big up Talk Sport because they've been pushing this. Big up Fight Disciples, we mentioned them last week. They've pushed this. So it's like anyone that's anyone, shouldn't you be saying like, just show us the proof, then we can all move on. You're right. You're 100% right. Listen, the ultimate problem though, the ultimate problem here, I know we're all sick of it, right? And it's gone on too long and we're tired of it. But the point is, right, Connor Ben essentially got away with not getting a ban for failing a drugs test, right? And he had a fight a few weeks ago against that Orozco when a lot of people, and I'd say about 99% of the boxing fan population would say he should have been banned in that time. If he went in with that Orozco, knocked him, sp- I think he took some fucking bangs out of Orozco, not even knocked him out in the fight. Orozco took some bangs. Yeah. If that Orozco dropped down next week with a bleed on the brain, how does that sit with everyone? Because Conor Ben should have been banned in that time. That's that's what it all boils down to. No, hundred percent. This is what I'm saying. Even in this saying, I'm like, this fight's coming up maybe with Chris Eubank Jr. and Conor Ben. It's like, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I probably will watch it. Do you know what I mean? I probably will watch it. The build-up will probably be electric and I'll probably get suckered in. But I just feel like I need something from someone so I can get on board of the train. And, do you know what I mean? I just, at I just the think moment, it's weak. It's just weak. What you're going to get is going to be weak, John. If you've just, you know, subscribed to our podcast here, you're hearing me saying all this, but I weren't saying all this before. I'm just tired of it. Like, what you're going to get is going to be weak. It's going to be a backdated ban if it does come through. And to me, that doesn't wash away anything. It's just paperwork. It's just nonsense. It's just drivel. No, it doesn't. But then but then you've got to look at, then you've got to look at the board. Yeah. That's all this is about, Unc. It's about the board. No, but you no, but if the board do say, I agree with you. If the if the board come back and they say, right, we're giving him a one year backdated ban, I I personally, and I'm sure a lot of other people would look at the board and go, fucking hell, is that it? Is that what is that what all this has been about? You're going to give him a one year backdated ban after that, and now he's free to fight. That doesn't that doesn't feel fair. That that's just totally not right. So the board, if that happens. Then you got to look at the board and you go, right, you lot are fucking useless. Do you know what I mean? You are shit. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. I'm telling you now, he's on IFL doing interviews, talking about Chris Shubank, saying the fight's done. Don't think the lawyers are not advising him that it's okay for him to go on and do these interviews. Obviously, behind the scenes, they're going, well, you know, they're going to fucking let you fight here. So go on, start promoting the fight. That's what's going on behind the scenes. So whatever ban he gets, it's going to be weak. It's going to be... Not what everyone wants, and it's going to, the integrity of the sport is still going to be questioned. So what I'm saying now is, is this is a filthy, dirty, dirty sport. It's the wild west. None of us can control it. What, what are we going to do then? Just all switch our TVs off and not watch Tyson Fury, Canelo, and Dillian White, and all these people before it has been popped. And Conor Ben gets his ban, and whatever in the next three weeks, the British Boxing Board of Control comes out and go, "Well, okay, we'll ban him." Now there is your license. Where everyone's like, oh, okay, we're on board now. Come on, let's watch Conor Ben, Chris Eubank. It's bullshit. It's all bollocks. It's all bollocks. Well, at least he served his fucking ban. You see, at least he served his ban now. Let's get on with it. 
Fucking nonsense. I don't think it's it is, nonsense. Quite. I think that's bollocks what you're saying. I don't think it is. Bollocks. I think that's bollocks what you're saying. I don't think it is. I think, like, all those names you just mentioned, Uncle just said it at the start, they're all, they've all served the ban or they've all given a reason of why they took something. And that's the whole thing of going full circle, that he never served the ban and he's never you know, given any evidence of why he failed two drug tests. Full stop. Yeah, but John, I'm giving you Full hypotheticals. They're still in facts, not fucking hypotheticals. Yeah, but if I'm telling you now, he gets banned for eggs next week. One date, one year, the backdated ban. Are you satisfied with that? Is, is the boxing public satisfied with that? No. But everyone, what, you're telling me now everyone's going to forget about it and everyone's on board with a fight. It's bullshit. Bottom line is, it's fucking done, and let's just move on. That's that's my yeah, view. I mean, fucking hell, this, this little piece on it is as long as the fucking whole... Um, fucking... One last question. If Connor fights in America... It's <laughs> one, yeah. one last answer or one last question. Oh, no, if Con- this is different to the drugs. This is different to the drugs. If Connor Ben beats Chris Shubank Jr., comes back down to 147. Now, he's called out a few names, which I, I didn't really like. He called out Barrios. Fuck it. I don't know why he's calling out Barrios. Don't know why he's calling out Furman, who's been inactive. Called out Danny Garcia, who's not even been at 147 for years. Then at the back end of it, he starts mentioning Virgil Ortiz and Stanionis. So I thought that was really weak by Conor Ben, even saying that. But if he does manage to land a big fight against a Jerron Ennis or Virgil Ortiz or a world title fight, are we saying now that the whole British public are not going to support him? That's a fucking no question, way. isn't it? I don't, I don't think, think they, they will. will. I don't man. think they will. Uh, no listen, way. he's lost everyone, man. He's lost everyone. Just because the, the just because it hasn't been announced that he's got a ban. Oh, but it's not that, is it? Quite. It's not that. Quite. It's, no it's, it's everything. It's everything around it. It's, 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 okay, we never expected him to come out and say, "Yeah, okay, fine, it was me. I hold my hands up." But it's the way he's gone about it. It's yeah, that's just it. Like, that's it. You think the, the nail on the head? Yeah. It's the arrogance. It's the it's the bullshit excuses. It's the the sticking your middle finger up on Instagram post. It's it's all of that. Like all the it's other Frank fighters. Smith, it's Frank Smith. What's he got to do with you, the builders? It's like it's it's all of yeah, it. It's all of it. That's that's the bit what's ruined. That's, that's the bit that's ruined his entire fan base and made everyone turn on him. Also with the eggs that you can you can count the eggs in that as well. But it, yeah, no, it ain't it ain't just the arrogance and all that. It is the fact that people that, that social media and all the news is just so in your face now. It's like. You can't move for it, right? So he was never going to get away with these things. But what he's done is he's gone out and tried this way. Eggs. Not happening. Okay. All right. Let's try another way. Um, it's the way my body breaks down the eggs. Okay. Let me try uh, jurisdiction. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're having jurisdiction. Okay. Brilliant. All right. We'll go with jurisdiction. Fine. Okay. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Um, I think the eggs were something to do with it. So we'll have a little bit of that from column A, a little bit from column C. It's like he's just tried every route to get out of this, but everyone sees through it because if you've gone down just one, um, one way, people would have said, Oh, well, maybe there is an element here that it's, you know, it's true that he, he you know, he's fighting it because of this reason, you know, like Canelo's or gone with, Canelo's gone with the boar meat. Listen, just, I'll just say Canelo's gone with the boar meat. It's never changed from the boar meat. All right. And he is right. Canelo, whether he took a uh, banned substance or not, I don't know, but Canelo went with the boar meat and he said, look, there is this clenbuterol in the boar meat or yeah, whatever it is, Mexican beef. Um, and then he's gone, right. That's that. That's happened. I eat a lot of that. This is why here's the receipts from the restaurant. I ate it. He did this. He went back to the restaurant. He got the receipts from the restaurant with the uh, meals that he had that contained too much meat in uh, too much uh, drugs in them, uh, too much banned substance, whatever, clenbuterol in them. The, the, and then, then he bought he the restaurant that. next week. <laughs> yeah, and bought the fucking... Bought the fucking paid the, paid the chefs. <laughs> paid the chefs off. Yeah. Anyway, then he took that to the board and said, this is why I failed my test. And they went, okay, thank you, Canelo, but fuck off, here's a six-month ban. Six months and all, <laughs> fucking hell. It's a dirty sport, gents. It's never going to change. It's never going to change. Last thing though, like we're we're like hyper focused on it because we, yeah, we we've got a, a boxing podcast and obviously we we are hardcore boxing fans. But I suppose what they're counting on is that not everyone's hardcore boxing fans, and you've got the casual fans that they won't look at the minutia the way we're looking at it. So we've probably gone round in circles here, guys. But I think we've all made some good points about it. To you know, ultimately, like how do you feel about the fight that's coming up? 
Conor Ben, Chris Eubank Jr., how do you feel? That's how I feel. I'm unsure about it because of those reasons, and that's what I would like to see. But going forward to the fight, are we going to quickly have a little five minutes on who we actually think wins the fight yeah. out of those two? We are, we are, we are. So the fight is imminent. It may have already been announced if you're listening to this podcast next week or whatever. But anyway, yes, so we are going off of Conor Ben's last performance against Orozco. And we're going off Eubanks' last performance against Smith. So, with all that, along with Conor Ben's uh, long time off, Johnny B, we'll go to you first. How do you see the fight going? Oh, I can't fucking wait for this one, right? So, uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to so be I mean, man. I'm telling you right I now. can't wait. When I think about Chris Eubank Jr., the way he was in there with Liam Smith, ah, oh, fucking brilliant, mate. Connor Ben bounces those shots off of Ozzy head. Um, no, look, judging, I won't say stay too long on it. Like judging by their last. Two fights. Can you take much from the Chris Eubank Jr. fight against Liam Smith? I feel like there's a lot of flaws within Chris Eubank Jr. I think he's been found out every time he's fought someone at a decent level. What level is Conor Ben at, though? What level is he at? We don't really know. We seem to skip the British, the Commonwealth, the European. He's just cherry-picked, let's be real, certain fights. However, I do rate Conor Ben. In terms of fighting, I think the guy that we see against Payanard to the guy that we see sort of today, even in his last fight, his movement, the way he sets up his shots, the way he dips to the left, to the right, the way he, he sort of can throw nice punches on his left side, his right side, his movement. He's got the, uh, the Nigel Ben sort of um, catch counter, the way he sort of goes in, breaks his opponents down. So he's he's ferocious, he's exciting, and he is he is box office. The way he fights, and as you say, the way he comes out and screams and shouts, he is box office. Um, do I see him beating Chris Eubank Jr.? I think he does. I think the Chris Eubank Jr. has got a lazy jab. He throws his shots from the hip. I don't think he's 100% sure of himself. I think he's better. he thinks he's better than what he is. I see him getting countered over the top by Conor Ben and eggs or no eggs, I see him probably stopping Chris Eubank Jr. I think his chin is a bit suspect after the Liam Smith fight. That is my quick analysis of the fight. I would back Conor Ben in that fight. I wouldn't back him. I mean, <laughs> I would I would suggest Conor Ben would win that fight. Right. Well, look, I've said all of that about I don't fucking care anymore. I just want to move on with the sport. All that stuff has come and gone now. Analyzing this fight, you know, first first things first. I hope there's VADA testing. Right, let's make sure there's some stringent VADA testing. I hope they have to piss in a cup literally ten minutes before they both fucking come out uh, and, and do their ring walks. Look, when the fight starts, if I'm if I'm going by their last performances, you only go by their last performances. I thought Connor, even though he didn't stop the the Mexican kid Orozco, I thought he was brilliant. The way he was slipping and countering. You know, it weren't just single shots as well. It was he was doubling up on the shots. I don't know what that does for his psyche going into this type of fight, not being able to stop a 154-pounder. That doesn't, you know, it's not really a name in the sport. I don't know what that does for him now going up to 160 pounds and having to fight Chris Eubank, who's coming off probably a career best win himself. Talking about Chris Eubank, I thought he was excellent. I disagree, John. I thought he was really, really good against Liam Smith. Smith was throwing five punches around. I know. I know. You've had your time now. Shut up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, listen. No, look, all joking aside, I thought, he, I thought he looked really good. I honestly didn't believe that Chris Eubank could box like that behind a jab. I've never seen it before. You know, his backhand was always up, like covering up, covering the hook from Liam Smith as well. He was jabbing really well. He was t- varying the jab, moving backwards with it, stepping in with the jab, following up with the backhands and the left hooks. I thought it was a career best performance by Chris Eubank. I just think he's going to be too much for Conor Ben. I think Conor Ben had too much out of the ring, too much time out of the ring. I think um, going up to 160 for the first time, you know, is his power going to translate up there? Don't think it will, really. It didn't really, 154. What makes people think he's going to go up to 160 and start sparking out Chris Eubank? Just can't see it. So I think Chris Eubank wears him down and gets Conor Ben out of there in the last sort of three to four rounds, eight to 12. I'll, I'll put my money on Chris Eubank Jr. Yep. Um, I'm not watching it. Out of the politics, I'm not watching it. Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Am I bollocks? Yeah, I'm such a fucking hypocrite. And I know I'm a cunt. I've always been a cunt and all that kind of Ben stuff I've said there. I do think it's wrong, but I shall be fucking tuning in. I tuned into Lucas, um, what's his name? Fucking big baby cunt Miller fucking fight Lucas Brown. That's how fucking far my morals go. But anyway, yes. Do you know what, right? Something, I don't know what it is. Something doesn't sit right with me about Conor Ben's last fight. I can't put my finger on it, right? But... Forgive me if I'm wrong about this, but I couldn't find a single bit of footage on this Orozco. He's had 39 fights, right? He's 24 years old. He's had 39 fights. I couldn't find a single bit of footage on him. So fuck knows who he's been fighting. Fuck knows where they found him from. But they say in his chin is like Canelo's chin. Well, we ain't got much to go on in that regard. So, yeah, uh, I suppose what I'm getting at is... I worry that Connor's power is not what it was because he couldn't knock that bloke out with his best punches landing. He landed some absolute peaches. He couldn't get rid of him. And the bloke's face after the fight was was bad, but it wasn't wasn't that bad considering what Connor threw it in. Anyway, the point I'm making is I'm suspicious of Connor's power now. I just have to say it. Eubank against Smith, um, he was he was shocking the first time round. Well, he wasn't shocking. He weren't bad for three rounds, but then he got an absolute perler. And got up, elbowed. Perler. Yeah, he, got, he did get an elbow, but it was the uppercut that done him. Absolutely smashed him up. So, yeah, so that was what it was. He come back. He looked great with Bomac, who is out of prison. Well done, Bomac. Um, he looked great. Um, however, Liam Smith was not at the races. So, off the back of all that jargon that I've just spouted there, I do think Eubank has just a little bit too much for Connor. I do. Um, I think his chin will hold up against Connor, especially after seeing the fact that Connor couldn't knock out a Roscoe. I think his chin will hold up. And, um, yeah, I like what I'm seeing with him and Bomac. And I think he's in a good place mentally now. He's going into it the first time ever. Well, not. Yeah, probably the first time ever, actually, because he's still got booed at the Smith fights. He's going into it, and he's going to get a cheer behind him. He's going to get a great big crowd on his back. I think that's going to do something for Eubank. Um, So I think he's in different territory now, mentally, definitely in a better place because he's got a solid training with Bomac, something he hasn't had with his dad ever. Um, So I like what I'm seeing from Eubank, and I'm going to go a Eubank possibly stoppage late. Smart man. Controversial. So then, to finish off, Harlem Eubank this Friday, he's back in the ring and it's been making the news recently, him and Chris Senior, they've been causing a bit of a stir now that they've linked up and uh, we touched on it last week, but I do want to get your thoughts on it, chaps. What do you make, first of all, of the Chris Eubank Senior and Harlem Eubank link-up, Kaya? I think it's a real smart move for Harlem Eubank this stage of his career. Do you know, I, I Googled him the other day. I thought he was a lot younger than what he was. He's, he's 29 years old. So, you know, father time ain't waiting for him. And what a smart move because those that weren't tuning in on Friday, which I'm assuming would have been a lot of people, will be tuning in. That's the power of Chris Eubank, senior. I'm certainly going to be tuning in just to see... You know, what he does in the background, he's going to be pulling all the same faces. You know, I don't know, I don't think he's going to wear his monocle, but he'll have a nice sharp suit on, no doubt, and start, start you know, throwing a few shapes. That's going to be a spectacle. It's Chris Eubank, isn't it? It's the Chris Eubank show. I think people are like, more interested in seeing him than Harlem. It's sad to say at the minute, but hopefully Harlem can, you know, live up to the hype and perform in the ring just as well as the stuff, you know, we're going to see outside of the ring. So if he puts on a clinic, and sparks the fella out of there in sort of three or four rounds in a real clinical performance, then then you could start shouting for some names uh, in your division. Do you know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's just come out of nowhere. Harlem Eubank doesn't really have any clout to be calling big names in a minute. And that's just just a ruthless answer, really, in all of this. Conor Ben. Um, yeah, I mean, look, the Conor Ben fight is a million miles from Harlem Eubank in a minute. But who knows? It could be down the line. You know, he's only 29. Conor Ben's 27. If he keeps winning, goes up to uh, welterweight, he's, you know, develops some sort of power up there, knocks out a couple of, you know, do you know what I'll do if I'm, if I'm Harlem Eubank? I'll maybe try to get some of Conor Ben's old opponents. Well, I need to fight Cedric Panhard and just batter him. <laughs> That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? 
<laughs> just batting the fuck out of Cedric Bader. He's a bit good, that Paynard, though, isn't he? I know, he's a bit tough, isn't he? But if he does something like that, just start, you know, chasing that fight down in a smart way. I don't know if that's the smartest way, but do you know what I'm trying to say? Just, if you want the big paydays, you know, you're going to have to earn it. So, we'll see. I'm looking forward to it. I'm definitely going to be tuning in. Johnny B? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a fucking liberty, mate. Chris Eubank Sr., the way he's uh, doing the interviews. And, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was seemed to be a big problem when Eubank Jr. was going to fight Conor Ben. It was the weight. You tried to murder my son. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, it's not about the weight. Now you want Harlem Eubank. This is the Eubank for you. You want Harlem Eubank to fight Conor Ben and not Chris Eubank Jr. When he's literally on the crest of earning a multi-million pound fight against Conor Ben. Like, why would you take that money from your son's pocket when surely he's going to have the advantage. It's at 160 pounds. So some shit has gone down in the Eubank household. Some real shit has gone down. It's very, very weird. But as for Harlem Eubank, fantastic fighter. He's amazing. He never does the same punch twice. Like, like massive variation in his punches. He's slick. He's got great movement, a great head movement, a lateral movement. Really, really good fighter. Doesn't hit hard though. He's, you know, his record suggests 18 wins, no losses, seven knockouts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, is he going to be this massive ticket seller of all the crowd? Is that the reason because of the knockouts? Um, but, you know, to look into um, Timo Schwarzkopf. And uh, so he fought Jack Catterall, went the distance with Jack Catterall. So there's a name. We've got a little gauge. Uh, went the distance, lost every round. I wrote down three things about Timo Schwarzkopf. One of them was his telegraph. The other one was his super tense. Uh, the other one is just comes in straight lines. <laughs> so um, if there was ever going to be a, a, a guy to knock out, you think he's this guy. However, he's never been stopped. He's uh, won 22 fights, lost five, never been stopped. So there's a good gauge there. But then I listened to Harlem Eubank and uh, he was saying about wanting the Conor Ben fight. It's not Conor Ben coming for the titles. So then you start to think yourself, so, okay, talking, you're coming for titles and stuff like that. Who's he going to fight? So he's at 140, but he's saying he'll come to 147. Now, the 140 to the 147, that's a big jump. That's seven pounds. Killer's up at 147. Crawford's never going to be interested, is he? What, Jaron Ennis, Spence, um, uh, Stanionis? I was thinking, Avanesian. Does he want to be dealing with the Avenitians of the world? Like, oh, he's gone a bit missing after the Crawford fight. But um, that's all at 147. But down at 140, you've got Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall, um, Hoge, uh, Jose Ramirez, Haney, Progay, Tiafimo Lopez. Is he really going to compete with any of those guys? So I don't know. I don't, I don't know where he goes if he can't get the Conor Ben fight after this. What are you saying, proper? I want to say that Schwarzkopf, he ain't bad. He beat Vasquez which was not a bad win. Vasquez is fading. Yeah, the only thing that worries me, as you said, John, about um, Harlem Eubank, is his lack of power. He couldn't knock out Tom Farrell. So um, things like that do sort of worry me how far he can go, especially if he moves up in weight. Um, But even in his own weight, not being able to knock out people is very dangerous in that division for him. So anyway, I do think he'll dispose of Schwarzkopf. Um, I think he'll just go to points though. I think he'll be, he's, I mean, he's so quick. He's, he's phenomenally quick. Yeah. Very good fighter. It's just that lack of power for me, but yeah, I think he'll dispose of Schwarzkopf on Friday uh, as a points win. Kyle, what were you saying? Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly that. I don't think he stops Schwarzkopf. I feel like maybe 140 pounds, might be done for Harlem Eubank now. Maybe he starts going up to 147. And if that happens, who knows? Maybe a little bit of power comes up with him. But right now, you know, with, with his lack of power, couldn't agree more. I don't think he stops someone who's just going to keep coming forward in straight lines. If he does stop him, though, that's a hell of a statement considering Jack Cattrall couldn't. So I'm, I'm kind of rooting for Harlem Eubank. I like I like him. I think he's a, he seems like a nice kid. Um, I'm rooting for him. I'm always, you know, you really want the Eubanks to do well because they bring eyes to the sport and you want to see Harlem Eubank in big, big enough fights. So if he goes up to 147 pounds and then we'll see what happens with him. But I, I see a, a shutout points victory for Harlem. Completely agree. Harlem Eubank. Yeah, completely agree. Harlem Eubank on points. Be impressed if he stops the guy. Um, perfect gimme fight for him. But yeah, like what next? Um, don't think he's going to get the Conor Ben fight 
Um, and it's interesting because like Chris Eubank Sr., he don't seem to have a great relationship with Eddie Hearn, but there's some great fighters at 140. The Jack Catterall fight, that's a great fight. They'll have a common opponent um, in Timo Schwaskoff. So, um, yeah, I mean, that could be a big fight in the zone. But is, is Eubank Sr. going to be able to work with Eddie Hearn? I have not, to be fair... Eubanks senior being involved, I have no fucking idea what direction Harlem Eubanks going to go in. That's the short answer. Certainly not taking a Dalton Smith fight. Oh, yeah. So Eddie Hearn offered Dalton Smith, didn't he, to Harlem Eubanks. So that's a great fight. I mean, are they going to take that? If they're real and they want to build Harlem Eubanks' profile, that's a great fight. Also, flying around, someone who we've not mentioned in a while, Florian Marku. That's a great fight. That's a great fight. Can you imagine that? Harlem Eubank, I don't think he does massive numbers and like sells out, you know, big stadiums and whatnot. Florian Marku and the Albanian army, they will fill out a stadium to fight Harlem Eubank. Maybe not a stadium, but maybe the O2. Florian uh, Marku. Also, over at um, TNT, Echo Esserman. Pretty sure he's the British and Commonwealth welterweight champion. That's a great fight. I don't know if it's got the profile, but the O'Hara fight. O'Hara Davis. Yeah. There are fights out there. Yeah, there's there are plenty. fights out there. There's plenty. We'll see. Keep, let's keep, keep our eye on Harlem Eubank. Wish him well. So then, thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in. We are very grateful. We hope you enjoyed this one. We shall be bringing you another one next Thursday. We shall, in the future, be possibly moving it to a Wednesday so that we can get you content sooner coming in your ears. Um, But more to be told on that soon. Um, There will be a bonus podcast as well dropping soon. And don't forget, if you could give us a little review or a little rating now and again, we'd be very grateful for that as well. We'll see you soon. Tarafa now. Bosh.